Hi, and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel, with my wife, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has a unique call on your life? But things like fear, insecurities, and lies keep us from experiencing God's best. This podcast will consist of real talk about real life with real people. We pray that every episode brings you one step closer to your original design so you can confidently pursue your God-given dreams. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rachel. I am your host, Rachel Gilbert, and today I'm bringing you an interview I did with my very own coach, Sarah Anna Powers, who I refer to as Anna. Anna was my first coach I hired and is the one who inspired me to become a coach. We chatted about what it means to be a coach, plus some real talk on Christian women in business. She helped me personally push through some mindset blocks in this area, and I know you will be blessed by her biblical wisdom on being a Christian woman in business. So if you're a business owner or desire to own a business, lean into this conversation I had with Sarah Anna. Hey, Anna, how are you? I'm doing so great. How are you, Rachel? I'm doing great. I'm excited to get to chat with you today on the podcast. Me too. So excited to be here. Yay. So um, we're going to jump right in, but before we do, I would love for you to share a little about yourself and then I will tell everybody how I know you. Uh, Okay, perfect. Um, So I'm Sarah Anna Powers. I go by Anna, but I usually say I will answer to anything nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you can find me online at sarahannapowers.com. No H on that, Sarah. So what I do is online business coaching and copywriting. I do have a few law licenses, but when I say copywriting, I don't mean protecting your intellectual property. I mean like Mad Men style direct response sales copy. I lead a mastermind. I have a magnetic messaging copywriting course slash group coaching program. And then then I host the Faith Forward online business podcast. Yay. And your resources are so amazing. I can't wait. At the end of our talk, I'm actually going to have you share um, where people can find some of those resources because I know they're all going to want to connect to you. So so I basically, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I connected with you several years ago online and we kind of stayed in touch. But then it wasn't until this year. I love how God works. He strategically brought you back into my life and placed you right back in front of me online. And I jumped into your magnetic messaging course, which by the way, that course is amazing. I think you just closed it for the fall launch, right? Yeah, we're starting actually the first week of September with our live component of that course. I'm so excited about all the people who've signed up. Yeah. When will you launch it again? Do you know yet? Um, it'll be in 2019 at some point. I haven't planned that all out, but I am expecting to launch it again. So that's definitely um, something to you know, keep your eyes and ears open for if that's interesting to you. Yeah, so I know a lot of my listeners um, definitely have dreams of having some kind of a business or a ministry and doing things online. And if that is you and you're listening, that is definitely a course I would highly recommend. So um, stay tuned for when she launches that again. But from that program, I then hired you as my own coach. And why that is so fun to me is you're actually my very first coach that I've hired. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And it's so funny how 
you kind of hear of things and you're like, I don't know, you know, if that's for me. And then whenever I have done this, I'm like, oh my goodness, why didn't I do this a long time ago? So we're actually going to talk a little bit today about coaching. And that is, you're the one who's inspired me to launch my own coaching for other people. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but I would love to hear or have you share about your background and you used to work full-time corporate, right? Yes. And now you're all online doing everything online. So I'd love to hear about your transition from corporate to online. Woo. Yes. So honestly, it was quite the winding road. And I hope that that encourages people and doesn't make them feel, you know, fearful or um, concerned, but that they hear hope and possibility in my story. So I wanted to be a lawyer from the time I saw Claire Huxtable on the Cosby show <laughs> when I was like seven, eight years old. She was a lawyer. She looked like she had a great family. They laughed a lot. You know, she just looked like she had the life, right? And um, God blessed me with intelligence that I knew, I felt that I could do whatever, you know, if I wanted to be a doctor, I, I thought I had the chops to do it. If I wanted to be a lawyer, I could do it. Um, so I thought, well, law makes sense. I love to read. I love to write. I love to speak. So I pursued my law degree and then I got into the actual job and I realized it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. So I love interacting with people and I was literally sitting in a beautiful office, <laughs> but I was sitting in an office for 10, 11, 12 hours a day reading and um, this is before I had LASIK. I remember my eyes would be like bloodshot by the end of the day because you're just staring at this computer screen, like the bright glare, not speaking to other humans other than like a little bathroom break or a lunch break, you know, 20 minute lunch break. And I just felt like, oh, there's got to be something more. And so um, when I've been practicing for about five years, I kind of hit my limit. I looked at how many hours I was working. I still hadn't crossed $100,000. I mean, I was making decent money. I know it's all relative, right? So I was making decent money, but I wasn't making the kind of money that I had thought I was going to make. <laughs> and I certainly, when I looked at what kind of a personal life I didn't have and everything that I was sacrificing, there were times that I felt like I was like an indentured servant for, you know, 90 grand. And I thought, wow, they have actually bought me. They haven't bought my services. Like they own me. I mean, things like my first firm, I wasn't, um, I couldn't go visit my family for Thanksgiving because they needed me to stay and work on something. I mean, obviously I'm an adult. I could have gone, but it just, like I was worried my job would be in jeopardy because they asked me not to go. So I looked at my life and I thought, this is not what I want to be doing. And I hired a coach and it was super scary. It was $3,500 for six calls for a three month program. And I remember I had to make a $997 deposit and I literally had a thousand dollars in savings. And I had to even ask her if she could like wait for the, my deposit to come through on Monday or call our discovery calls on a Friday so that I could like transfer the money out of my savings, take my savings down to $3 and pay her. But that is where I had gotten to that. I knew something had to change. And through making that decision, that's when she encouraged me, hey, you don't have to go just find another job. You can actually start your own business. That's so encouraging. And so I guess a question I have for you is you were working corporate, which I mean, how many hours a week was that? Oh my gosh. Like, so that first job I had, they said, you need to be here before anyone else and you need to leave after everyone else. So there was one guy who'd get there at 6am and one guy who wouldn't get there till 11, but he'd stay till 6pm. So I was there from like 730 in the morning until you know seven at night. 
Yeah. And so actually in one of our last coaching calls, you brought this up and I thought, oh my goodness, that's exactly what I feel like a lot of my listeners can relate to in that either on time being a thing when we're thinking of trying to do something online and figuring out, okay, either they're in one of two boats, it seems like they either have a full-time corporate job like you, where you go, uh, unless I just decide not to sleep, <laughs> that's when I'm going to work on my business. Or they're like me and I'm a mom. And so being a mom is tough because you're trying to figure out, okay, what parts of my day, what pockets can I find? It's the whole time thing. It always comes back to the whole time thing. So yeah. I would love if you could share any practical tips from a time perspective of yeah. how you began to build the life you really wanted all while you were still working full time. Yeah, well, I don't sugarcoat it and it was not easy. I definitely made sacrifices. I basically went from having, you know, a really demanding job to having a demanding job and putting a lot of hours into my business. So the year before I fully transitioned into running my business, I actually was practicing law full time and I was putting about 35 hours a week into my business on top of my full time job. Now, as you mentioned, you're a mom. I'm not a mom. I, I'm not a wife. I'm not a mom. And so I felt that I had actually the luxury to say, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to like, this year's going to be tough, but it is, it is setting me up for a beautiful future. And it's setting me up to where I will be able to be a present wife and a present mom and be there for, you know, my future family that I believe I'll have. So the building stage was not easy, but you can shortcut your path and really maximize your time by getting mentors. And that is the reason that I hired that coach because frankly, like anything that a coach can tell you, like there's kind of nothing new under the sun, right? Like we all have our unique individual spin that we put on things and there's people who they need to um, work with me because they're only going to hear the things they need to hear in the way that I have to say them. There are people who need to work with you because you're going to say something in a way that's going to really hit to the core. And if I said the same thing to them, it wouldn't resonate in the same way. So I really looked for people who had done what I wanted to do, who were offering services that would like take me by the hand and walk me through those steps. You know, so that's why I hired that first coach. I was like, I'm seeing what she's doing. Um, side note, we're in a mastermind together now. And one of my coaching clients, actually, we worked together for six months and we got her business to the point to where she was invited into my mastermind with Dan Miller. And I think that's so awesome. Like, I love seeing there's like, it's like we're like three generations, you know, of coaches who've all kind of now gotten to the same level because we've helped each other learn and grow um, much more quickly than if I had just said, I'm going to Google all these free resources and try to put it together myself. Absolutely. And that was, that's probably one of my biggest things. And what I so far have loved about coaching is, you know, I started doing what I'm doing online four years ago. And, mm -hmm. you know, God is so good that of course, you know, everything has worked out great and everything. But I always tell people now, I'm like, you know, if I had found me four years ago, someone like me who was just a few years ahead of me who could have said, um, we're just going to jump over a lot of those running around in circle moments that you had, you know, getting absolutely nowhere, running on a treadmill. And that's really, to me, what a coach does so well is um, really just helping you get catapulted so much quicker than you would have just on your own. 
Oh yeah. And the time to start is now because I can look back at my own story. I totally agree with you. God has everything. The timing is perfect. My journey unfolded exactly as it needed to. Your journey is unfolding exactly as it needed to. And I can also look back and say that that coach in 2014 told me to run Facebook ads and I didn't want to spend the money on it. Now Facebook ads cost like four or five times more in our industry because it's so much more saturated. If I had listened to her and actually done what she said and gotten past my own fear of, oh, I can't invest more money. Um, that's one thing. Like if you want to do a service-based online business, the cost of entry is much lower than a brick and mortar. But hello, let's remember that this is a business. And that's what people think, you know, I'm going to cash flow everything and not, you know, spend, I don't want to spend even $10,000 to get started. It's like, okay, well, do you want an awesome business? Because if you go try to open a Chick-fil-A, you're probably going to spend a couple hundred grand, right? So if it takes you $20,000, $25,000 to get some coaching, get a website, get some professional photos, get an email system that's reliable, you know, think about that. It is an investment. It's not just a sunk cost. It is setting you up to have a six-figure, multi-six-figure, seven-figure business down the road if that's what you desire. I love that you bring that point up because as you know, when we first met and did our discovery call, that's probably been one of the biggest hurdles you've helped me overcome is for so many years, I viewed what I was doing online as just this cute little side. Oh, you know, let's see if I happen to have time, I'll put, you know, I'll do something. And if not, you know, I, I viewed it very just nonchalant. We'll just see if there's time or not. And then, but then we all secretly hope, I know I'm not the only one who thinks this, that maybe it'll just kind of take off on its own. You know, is that there's going to be some pixie dust that, you know, it's just going to, I'm going to share a post and it's all just going to go viral. And then that's where my business is going to be. You know, there's just kind of this misconception I feel like. And, and that was something that you have definitely shifted my thinking on. And so that brings me to our, one of the questions I had for you are, what are your thoughts? And I, and I happen to know your thoughts, but I'd love for the listeners to know your thoughts on Christian women being paid for the work that they're doing online. Because I feel like so many of us feel a little like, I don't know, maybe a little guilty about being paid or something. I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something there that needs to be brought into the light. Oh, I love this because um, even since the last time we had a similar conversation, I was just watching a Marie TV episode or listening to her, her podcast and her guest, and I can't remember the girl's name, but she said, Money is not a four-letter word. Mm. Money is not a four-letter word. And here's the thing. For the Christian ladies who are listening to this podcast, go look up your Proverbs 31 woman and go see what she was doing. She was not in the marketplace donating. She was in the marketplace selling and providing for her family. It talks about how her family, they're clothed in like fine linens. And I'm just paraphrasing, but I mean, go read it through start to finish because we always, you know, we want to be the Proverbs 31 woman. There's a whole company, you know, called Proverbs 31. And what we get fixated on is, you know, she was kind, she was respectable. She was moral. She was also wealthy. Hello. She was wealthy. And, um, she provided for her household. She had servants. How many Christian ladies have I talked to who are like, oh, I can't hire help. That's like, oh my gosh, like I can't have a housekeeper or I can't have like a nanny because that's snooty or uppity. No, like that's of service to those people. 
when you hire someone to come in and clean your house, guess what? You're pouring money into another woman's household and you're helping to clothe and feed her household. I love that my business has grown to the point where I can have, um, I'm about to make my executive assistant full time and, you know, have a podcast editor and uh, have a social media person, you know, that I am not just keeping everything for my myself, but actually sewing into other women as well. So I also want the Christian women listening to think about the people in the Bible who had money and how much God was able to work through them. You know, David, Solomon, Abraham, Moses grew up in the palace, you know, so let's like keep in mind that there were a lot of people that God used mightily who had a lot of resources. And I think that when we make more money, it allows us to give more generously and to be of a higher level of service because we get to take care of ourselves in our own household and give from the overflow rather than like, let me write this tithe check, but I'm going to put my groceries on the credit card because I don't have enough money to do both. That's such words of wisdom. And I believe you have said this to me and you said you got it from somebody else, but that the transformation is in the transaction. Yeah, I got it from James Wedmore and I say it a lot. I'm not sure if it's actually original to him or if, you know, we all kind of like hear these phrases, but the transformation is in the transaction. And basically when people pay for your service, they're not just paying you. What they're really doing is investing in themselves. So I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on coaching. I mean, you know the story. My, I had a one-on-one coach for six months. That investment was $40,000. I didn't look at that as I'm giving, you know, this lady over here $40,000. I looked at that as I am stepping up and I'm saying that me and this business that I believe God gave me the vision for is worth $40,000. My business is worth as much as a, you know, what is that, like a low-end BMW, I'm not even sure. I've never bought a new car, actually. (laughs) But that was me taking a stand. And when I took that stand, it's so interesting because something really shifted. And I started getting more visible and I started selling more. And I made that 40 grand back in the first three months of the work that we did together because it was a higher level of commitment to myself and to my business and to the work that I felt called to do. That is such a great point because I feel the exact same way that when I hired you as my coach, we hadn't even had our first session and all of a sudden I took myself more seriously because I finally was investing in myself and it wasn't anymore. I wasn't looking at it as well. If I get to it, I'll write an email this week. It was like, oh no, we're writing an email this week, you know? Because you do think like, okay, if I'm investing this amount of money, like I want to see a return. And honestly, from a spiritual perspective, I believe that if God has given you a desire it's not just kind of a nice thing for you to go after. It is actually your duty to mm. do it. It is like, you know, the parable of the talents, the one who was just so scared, like, oh, I don't want to go try to invest it because what if I lose it? That's the one who was displeasing. The one who, you know, kind of risked it all, but I'm sure did it in a calculated way and got the return. That was the one who was most pleasing. And so I'm definitely not, I I want people to really hear this. I'm not saying that you need to go like, I mean, yes, I emptied my savings account for coaching. That's not the right choice for everybody. I think it's a deeply personal thing. It's ultimately between you and God. But what I am saying is if your security is in God, place your security in God and not in money and how much money you hang on to 
and cling to? How about letting money flow in your life, being willing to release some to invest to get some help that you need to accomplish the purpose you believe God's given you and allow that to flow back in? Trust God that it's going to flow back in. How could that be a growing step in your faith? Because I know it definitely has been for me. I love that. I wrote down a couple statements you just said, and one I want to restate is you said that if God has given you a desire, it is your duty to go after it. I yeah. love that. It just shifts your perspective of, oh, from a desire to, oh, it's a duty, you know, yeah. like, and they go hand in hand. It's really powerful. I mean, he's a good father. He doesn't, he doesn't give, he placed these desires in you, right? As long as they're not, you know, immoral, illegal, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? These desires that you have, one example I use is I want to speak on a stage in front of thousands of people. To some people, that would be like their nightmare. They do not have that desire. So the fact that I have that desire, I believe, means that's meant for me. God didn't give me that desire never to have me fulfill it. He gave it to me so that I'd be like, hmm, I really want to speak. Let me go to an event to learn how to get speaking engagements. Let me hire a speaking coach to help me improve these skills. Let me nurture this desire that I have and bring it to fruition. I love that. And actually, I love God so fun, even on this podcast, the way he, the way he orchestrated the person that, um, that is the podcast episode that's being released right before this. So if you guys didn't hear the one right before this, you need to go back and listen because we were just talking about this, how sometimes we'll get a dream and it will be years before it actually comes to pass. However, we don't have to wait until it comes to pass to start working on it. You know, like if you have that dream of speaking, oh, okay, well, yeah, it might be a few years before God actually unfolds the huge vision that he gave me, but he's going to begin to have me do things along the way that are going to equip me for that really big vision he gave me that kind of scares me right now, but it won't scare me when I get there because I was equipped along the way. Yeah, and it's about, okay, so I talk to my clients about this often, and I I believe you've heard me say it. So, as a coach and a mentor, it's my job to show up and give everything that I have to give to my clients. Okay. It's then up to my clients to actually take it and implement it and not just sit on the call and, you know, go, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then go not do anything with the information. And then there's the God piece and there's the God timing. And part of uh, my story that, because <laughs> I'm a talker and I want to be, you know, mindful of the time and not just like overdo the whole story, but you know, the background of, you know, when I started as a coach, I was doing health coaching Mm -hmm. and I was a good health coach. I had a personal history of overcoming anorexia and binge eating. So I had a personal affinity for the work I was doing. I had a coaching certification, you know, so I had invested in getting training that, you know, was professional training and that business did not make money. I was showing up, but that wasn't where God ultimately had me. So the blessings were not poured out. And I made $50 the first year, <laughs> a little less than 2,500 the second year, the whole year. And at this point I had poured probably by that second year, I'd say probably more than $20,000 into that business, if not even more than that. And it was super scary. But God used everything during that time, all the training that I did, all the knowledge that I gained about how to build an online business. And then when I actually followed the desire that he gave me, which was, you know what, I think health coaching is a mission for me. It's like a mission-based thing, but it's not where I want to build my business. Like I have a heart for those women, but that's not where I want to make money. When I shifted to the success coaching and the copywriting coaching, that's when the floodgates opened. 
And that was God's timing. And just because the health coaching business didn't make a lot of money didn't mean that I was doing the wrong thing. It just meant it wasn't my season yet. And I wasn't in full alignment with the true desires God had put in my heart. That's such a great point to bring up because I almost have the identical story. I won't go into it, but same thing. I thought, you know, for years I did the the health thing and, but that I never made money with it. And so honestly, for a while I thought, okay, I'm just not meant to have an online business. Like I thought that was it, but really once I dug into it, I had not found that sweet spot yet. And so to somebody listening today, I want to encourage you, you might feel a little defeated, like, man, I've tried it different ways and it's not working, just keep going. You know, like Anna said in the beginning, it's a journey and it's a process. And if we'll keep going, we'll keep knocking on doors and keep asking God to surround us with people like a coach <laughs> to help you figure out where that it, where is that sweet spot? You've been given this desire to have a business. Uh, just like you mentioned earlier, I also feel the call to speak to thousands, which I know is from God because yeah. I am one of those people that growing up, if you had told me you're going to speak, I would have been like, huh, yeah, right. I'd rather die. You know, like don't even, I would have said, get behind me, Satan. I'm not, you know, <laughs> that is not my call. But when God plants a desire in you, it's from him. And so we can't let the details of the timing and, you know, I tried something that didn't work, keep us from continuing to move forward and figure out what that looks like for us. Yeah. And with your story, I know it's something we've talked about, but I really think about Moses, you know, leading the people out of Egypt and being like, God, really? Like, I don't feel qualified. And God being like, yep, yeah, it's you. And mm -hmm. Rachel, the way that speaking engagements have come to you from an outsider's perspective. It's so clear to me that God's hand is really on your life and your business and that he has a big purpose for you. I have no doubt that you're going to speak in front of thousands of people. And now it's just like the beautiful journey to see how it unfolds and to watch you nurture that gift that you have and really develop that talent. Thank you. That means a lot to me. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I do have a question for you about, you know, we've been talking a lot about some of this coaching stuff and I never know when I get on podcast recordings like this, I have questions, but I also just ask the Lord, Hey, if you want to redirect us, you have my permission. You know, this is your podcast, not mine. You know, like, like I try to really enter into these like this and I feel like he's really just continuing to bring us back to this coaching thing. So I would love to know why you think that people should hire a coach. And then also if they're going to hire a coach, what qualities make a good coach or a good fit for them? Yeah. So one of the main reasons I see that people need a coach is if you're not happy with where you are in life, you have to acknowledge that what got you to where you are, you're going to have to do something different to get to a different place. Does that make sense? I feel like it's a convoluted way of saying it, but um, again, this is a James Wedmoreism, but what got you here won't get you there. Mm -hmm. And that was the key for me. The thing that got me to empty my savings account and hire the coach was she asked me a really powerful question, which was, what will your life be like if nothing changes in five years? And the thought was just awful, Rachel. I mean, I felt so exhausted. I just felt like that just could not be my future. I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing and staying at that level of work for the comp that I was getting for another five years. I really thought I'd end up in the hospital or have like a mental breakdown or something. I know it sounds really extreme, but, but I started to think about 
wow, you know, I'm a smart person, but everything I've done has gotten me here. I need to be doing something different. And so as far as making the decision on who the right coach is for you, it's such a personal thing. I definitely would be praying about it and asking the Lord for direction. I, you better believe before I put down that 40,000, there were some serious, heartfelt, tearful prayers. That was a scary, scary thing for me to do. And I felt total peace about doing it because of some things that the Lord spoke into my life and um, really into my mind as we were having those conversations, me and God, <laughs> about, you know, was this ego me wanting to hire this person? Was this really an opportunity from God? Was I being wasteful if I put that money there? You know, all those things that were popping up. So for me, what I look for in the mentors that I hire are people who have done something that I want to do and they are living a life that a lifestyle that's like a kind of life that I would like to lead. You know, they've built a personal brand business that makes seven figures and they serve people in a really loving, generous way. And they're compensated well because they understand that they need to provide well for themselves and their families to be able to serve at a higher level. I also really love working with people. Not all of my mentors have been believers, but I really do love when I have that spirituality in common because I believe that, you know, as Jesus followers, we do see the world in a different way. So for me, the people that I align most closely with, they do share that faith perspective and they're people that I can feel totally like they're going to get it when I say, I think, you know, God is speaking this into me. Um, and I can trust that they have a similar worldview. Like my, one of the masterminds I'm in, it's a couple who runs it. And I told them what sealed the deal for me was I was doing a little Facebook research <laughs> on their profiles. And I saw their baby dedication pictures at Hillsong. They're from Australia originally. And I was like, okay, done. Where I send my check, you know? <laughs> Um, so I really look for, you know, two things, the people who have built the kind of business I want to build and been successful at it and, you know, to that common faith element. And then I'm also just looking at like, how do they show up? Are they kind? Are they, do they act with integrity? Oh man, you better believe if someone, mm, if they send like those really like super salesy emails all the time, I, I look at that, you know, it doesn't feel good. Like it needs, it needs to ultimately ultimately in my gut feel like, yes, this person gets me and I can really have, I can really go deep with this person. That's such good advice on that. I love all those elements of definitely finding the person that is a good fit for you. And I, I also love how you said that it might feel like a little bit uncomfortable with the investment, but if you are praying about it. The bottom line is with anything in life, if we're asking God, God, is this you? He always is so kind to just be like, mm, no, you know, like he'll give you that, that red flag, you know, that says, no, no, that, you know, makes you have a gut feeling that this is not the right fit. So it's keeping it as simple as bringing it to him always just gives us very clear answers. Yeah. And I'd love to share, I think I can do it pretty quickly, but just the story of how I felt came to feel peace with that huge investment. Um, I was actually at Copywriting Academy in uh, Franklin, Tennessee with my mentor, Ray Edwards, when, um, you know, I had had this coach that I had followed and been in some 
been in some like, you know, multi-thousand dollar programs, but group programs for about two years. And she had reached out to me and said, hey, I'm opening just a few one-on-one spots. Are you interested? And then, of course, I was like, of course, but I knew that it was going to be a huge investment. So Ray brought in a team from Bethel Church to pray at the event. And let me just tell you, I've been to a lot of live events, and there was something very, very special about that Copywriting Academy event. And I firmly believe it's because it was covered in prayer. And that team was in the back for the entire conference and they were there for us to pray with. So I was freaked out by this decision. And so I said, you know, let me go grab this South African lady. Her name is Lisa Vanderberg and um, see if she'll pray with me. And I was so torn up. Like I wanted, I wanted some human to tell me what to do. I wanted reassurance that I was doing the right thing. And she said, you know, God's really telling me not to give you any advice. Why don't you ask him for, like, just ask him some relational questions and ask him to give you some images. And I was like, I'm not an artist. I don't think in images. You know, I'm a creative, but like, I think in words. And what is this asking for images? It all felt very strange to me. But I thought, hey, I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, go, go with this. And so I, I asked Jesus a couple of questions with her. And I just said, Jesus, you know, this is a huge decision. Like, how do you feel about me as I make this decision? I didn't even ask what should the decision be? I said, how do you feel about me as I make this decision? Will you give me an image of how you feel about me? And because Rachel, my big fear was I'm going to make the wrong decision and I'm going to screw everything up and I'm going to end up like, like, I'm not joking. My brain went to the furthest crazy idea. I thought I'm going to end up homeless on the street with my cat. And you know how you'll sometimes see homeless people and their dogs will be sitting beside them, but cats won't do that. They'll just run away. And I thought, you know, this is where I could end up. This was like, this is the fear totally taking over. She said, Lord, how do you feel about me as I make this decision? And the image he gave me was from a time when I was five years old and I was talking with my best friend and we, um, we were given a bag of dum-dum suckers. This was a huge treat in my household because we didn't have sweets. But my mom let us choose. Each one of us could choose a dum-dum sucker out of the bag. So we chose our suckers. And she opened hers up. And it was beautiful and round and glistening and perfect. And I opened mine up. And it was concave and sunken and deformed. And have you ever gotten one of those mm-hmm. suckers that's like all sunken in? And I remember that moment of just being like, Oh, I made the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. And I looked at my friend, her name was Allison. I said, Allison, I don't like this sucker. Can I have yours? (laughs) Boss, the only child, right? (laughs) I don't like this sucker. Can I have yours? And she was like, sure. And she traded me immediately. Mm-hmm. And when I asked God, how do you feel about me as I make this decision? That was the image he gave me. And it was very, very clear to me at that moment. Okay, God, God's saying like, you can't make the wrong decision. If you choose the deformed (laughs) dum-dum, I'm going to trade you with the perfect one. And in fact, I already have because I've given you Jesus and he covers everything. It was just like peace, Rachel. Just like, I can't screw this up. God's in this. I can't screw it up. Oh my goodness. That is a visual I will never forget. That is so powerful. I'm glad you took the time to share that. That is so powerful. Oh my goodness. I mean, I hadn't thought about that memory. That was, was I'm 38 now. So, I mean, I hadn't thought about that in decades probably. And the the image that came to mind. That's that's so powerful. 
Hey, if you're listening, that's a word for you. You can't screw this up. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, it's so true, though, because that is, um, again, one of the episodes that released before you is we were just literally talking about that. And so you guys are, God is like trying to drill this message in just so you know, like, just move forward, daughter, just move forward, son, and do the thing I have called you to, and yeah, you're going to make some mistakes, but that's okay, because if you choose the wrong thing, I will totally cover it, and it'll be fine, so that's so good. Yeah, love it. That's so good. Um, Okay, so we're almost done, but um, I like to finish by letting you share with the listeners where people can find you, but you, we did not get on this call to talk about this, but you kind of mentioned earlier, and I just want to know, did your, um, because I also, I've shared briefly a little on this podcast, and I plan to do a whole episode on my past uh, eating disorders and body image things. Does that, does your past in that affect or had it ever affected who you are now as a woman in the call you have on your life right now? Mm, that's a great question. And I don't think I've ever been asked that actually. So I love that question. Let me, let me think into this. Um, so the way that God equipped me to overcome that eating disorder was I spent college weighing somewhere between 103 and 120 pounds and I'm five, seven. So, you know, I needed to weigh at least 118 pounds just to like function as a normal woman. So my identity became really wrapped up in being thin and I wanted attention. And on a deeper level, I think I wanted people to take care of me because I've always been very independent, very like achievement oriented, um, performance oriented. And I kind of just wanted a break. And then when I went to treatment in 2003, got my weight up, but still had a lot of mind work to do. Um, fast forward to 2005, 2006, I binge ate up to 220. And I looked in the mirror and I barely could recognize myself because my face, you know, my face didn't even look like my face to me anymore. But God in his wonderful graciousness, like just kind of cut through the, the noise And I could just feel him one day saying, I've made you and I love you and I'm not mad at you because that was, I I grew up Presbyterian and it was always like um, kind of a fear based, like fear God. And and you you should fear, have a healthy fear of God and a reverence, but I missed sometimes the love piece, like that there's so much love. And I felt him just saying, I loved you when you weighed 103 pounds. I loved you when you weighed 130 pounds and 150 and now 220. That hasn't changed. I'm not mad at you. I don't want you to hurt. You know, I want you to like honor this temple. And, but I started approaching myself from a place of love instead of a place of judgment. And I definitely think that that has been extraordinarily impactful in the woman that I am today because yeah, I mean, we see all these glossy, glossy coaches online and the pretty hair and the pretty makeup and the nice clothes. Ultimately, all that stuff is temporary. And the stuff that lasts is the inside. So just just being able to like, for example, while I was building my business, I gained like 15 pounds. Now, am I thrilled about that? No. But is it like something I see as a crisis? No. It's just a whole different perspective. It's like, oh, I didn't prioritize my health the way that I needed to. I need to actually like honor again, get back to honoring the temple, but I'm not bad because I gained 15 pounds. It doesn't make me like wrong. So I think that it's made me a lot less judgmental 
and a lot more compassionate. And it's helped me really, really look underneath the surface of people. And I think when you can do that as a coach, that's when you do the really powerful work, when you get to the heart and the soul and you can just kind of like, sounds weird to say like peel off the outside layers, but like I want to get to the deep stuff with my clients. Yeah, I have a, a, so I'm in grad school to be a counselor and that's what my, one of my professors always say, it's like peeling away the onion layers, you know, one layer at a time, you're kind of constantly pulling back. And I just ask that question because I tend to see a lot and I've seen this in my own life, but then as I've spoken on this topic a lot and I see that a lot of times we're attacked in the area that we're called to. And mm-hmm. so like um, this whole body image thing, I just see more and more women who, and that's why you guys know this is Real Talk with Rachel. So mm-hmm. I always try to bring in a topic that is a little bit, I, I don't want to say sensitive, but just not talked about enough, I feel like. And so even though, like you said, you and I aren't doing the health coaching for a business, it's still these kinds of hangups and strongholds affect who we become. And so I love that you shared just how the Lord revealed that to you because that's so applicable to business too, you know, like just the whole, I loved you when you made $2 and I loved you when you made 2 million. (laughs) Yes. And you're still my child and you're my creation. And I mean, honestly, you know, when it comes to the appearance, I mean, think about, again, don't wish this on anybody, but you know, think about someone who's absolutely beautiful and then there's a car crash and they're disfigured. You know, does that make them less of the person they were created to be? The the heart, the core is the same. Yeah, so yeah. true. Okay, so we're going to hop off here. Um, thank you for being real about that topic. And I, before we go though, yeah, before we go, I know people want to connect to you online. So can you, and then you also had a free resource for everybody too, right? Yes, totally. So I am across all social media at Sarah Anna Powers. That's S-A-R-A-A-N-N-A-P-O-W-E-R-S. At Sarah Anna Powers, you can find me online at sarahannapowers.com or you can email me Anna at sarahannapowers.com. I do actually, um, I mean, I have a team, but I still read and respond to my own emails, (laughs) which is kind of fun. And then yes, I have a free resource. So what it is, it's four success strategies that faith centered women use daily. It's a quick little audio guide that I put together that talks you through the four things um, that I do on a daily basis that have really enabled me to find success in, in business and in life. It's titled for women, but it is totally applicable to men too. So for the guys listening, this totally will apply for you as well. And um, that is a bit, oh, there's also a workbook that goes with it to really help you, you know, keep track and implement the strategies that I teach. And you can find that at sarahannapowers.com forward slash success. Awesome. And I will, as always, put all of this in the show notes. So if you're driving or something, don't worry about (laughs) writing things down while you're driving. (laughs) So so this will be in the show notes. Well, Anna, thank you for taking time. I know you have a really busy schedule and I know this episode and this topic is just something that's going to really bless the listeners. So I appreciate you. Rachel, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited uh, that I was able to come on today. I'm so blessed to work with you. And I just want to speak a word of encouragement to you and also um, kind of put a bug in your listener's ear that 
truly like you have a gift, you have a talent, you know how to do so many things and building a platform, um, building up an online business. Like I cannot wait to see who signs up to work with you because I know they're going to be so incredibly blessed by the wisdom that you have to share. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Didn't you just love Anna's sound advice on business and coaching? I hope this episode inspired you to think about hiring a coach for yourself. As I mentioned earlier, I just launched my own coaching programs with several different options depending on where you are and what you're needing help with in your business and life. I've only got a few spots open right now, but if you want to find out more information and see if we'd be a good fit for each other, simply head over to my site, rachelgilbert.com backslash coaching and fill out the discovery form. Also, make sure you download my free guide that has three action steps to overcome fear and pursue your God-given dreams. It will help you get started on those goals and my email subscribers get a special discount on my 90-minute power session, so you definitely don't want to miss that. All of these links to my freebie and Sarah Anna's freebie will be in today's show notes. I'm cheering for you as you pursue those dreams God has put in your heart. And I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.